Hello and welcome to the Lead Hership Show. I am your host, Harriet Schumacher, Certified Executive Coach and Women's Leadership Expert. Thank you for tuning in. Each week, we bring forward thinking, inspiring, and real conversations for women who want to lead and live more fully. I'm so excited to have you here. I hope you enjoy the next conversation. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Well, today on the show, I am so excited to be able to welcome Dr. Erin Moore, who is also known as the Heartbreak Doctor. And I'm so excited to learn more and for you to share for us what that means. And, you know, uh, Dr. Moore is really known for helping women to heal their hearts. And I'm anticipating this is what the, where the heartbreak thing is coming from. <laughs> so, you know, that they can build a life that they love. And this is just so speaking to me in so many different ways right now, just from what I'm going through on a person on my own personal journey. And uh, Dr. Moore is a licensed naturopathic physician and also an expert in mind body medicine. And so operating now a virtual practice, like many of us are, and her core focus, her core, um, you know, the way in which she shows up and helps women is really to identify and heal the beliefs and wounds of their past that are tied to their current suffering. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> our paths have crossed for a reason. So I am just um, so excited to speak with you today. I'm really wanting to know more about self. You're talking about self-marriage and self-love and self-healing. And uh, you are the creator of We Are The Ones. And so this is a uh, the one and only self-marriage program on the market. So, so unique what you're bringing to the world and very excited to learn more about you and welcome to the show, Dr. Moore. What do you prefer to be called, by the way? Dr. Moore, Aaron, Heartbreak Doctor, how should I address you? Please <laughs> call, call me Heartbreak Doctor Aaron Moore. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you can call me Aaron. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. And you're coming to us from the other side of the continent. You're coming to us from Oregon. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. World. And thank you so much for having me. I am excited to have this conversation with you and share it with your ladies. Yeah, absolutely. We're really excited to learn from you. And, you know, this is definitely, um, you know, a big part of my mission is providing, you know, an environment for women to get accessible, uh, wise, you know, future oriented, purposeful knowledge, and who better to get that from, than from women just like you. So why don't you kick things off for us right now and give us a little bit of a sense of, you know, your background and how did you get to this place? And, you know, how did you arrive? We, you know, what's going on for you and your story? Why don't you just kick us off with getting to know you at a deeper level? Okay. Well, it's a, a twisty, turny path, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think the best way to tell it, or I'll give this a whirl now, because kind of two parallel stories. So I'll say in um, way back in 2010, I um, attended an art festival in the desert known as Burning Man. Some of yes. your listeners may know it. And that is where I, I attended a ceremony where I married myself. And it was just a, a small ceremony in a dusty little teepee with about 20 women. 
and we said vows to ourselves. A woman like led us through this process. And yeah, we said vows to in the mirror to ourselves, committing to be the one for us with all these strangers as our wedding party. And then the rest of the festival was our honeymoon. And oh that God. experience for me, yeah, so fun. Um, and it was really, at first it was just fun and it felt rather, you know, like, um, you know, it boosted my self-esteem and it was, it felt really good. But in time I came to like, take it rather seriously mm. and, um, and really think about uh, the relationship that I was forming with myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and around the same time, I had started naturopathic medical school, which I guess mm -hmm. is the other arm of the story. So um, yeah, I studied, I was in school from 2009 to 2014. And so naturopathic physicians, we're, we're trained to be primary care physicians, like mm -hmm. your, um, the family doctor you go to with your, you know, with your cramps or your asthma or your kids runny nose or eczema or whatever mm -hmm. and I was really I was really into that um but I was of course naturopathic medicine has a holistic perspective also so we're treating the whole patient and not just the symptom and really have a different perspective on how to find and identify the root cause mm -hmm. and it was towards the end of medical school so about four years into my self-marriage that I met this doctor. I, I heard a, 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 um, a talk from this doc at a conference mm -hmm. who had um, developed and was practicing this mind-body dialogue, like technique, mm -hmm. just a, a conversation have with, have with the patient um, whereby he began with their physical symptoms, patients with really advanced um, chronic diseases um, and through this dialogue by helping them to identify the subconscious belief or the mental emotional root of the symptom and then helping them to release and resolve this um, belief then the symptoms improved and in many cases disease is cured you know this is the kind of spontaneous healing miraculous stuff that I had like heard about in documentaries and read about in books. And I was just like, I have to, I want to do what that guy's doing. Mm -hmm. So I, um, yeah, after school, I, I started studying with that, um, with that doctor and his name is Dr. Moshe Block and, oh, he's actually, he's from Montreal. He's Canadian too. Mm. And, and, um, and then on the side, I started teaching classes about relationship with self um, and it wasn't actually really about relationship with self like I, I tried to teach behavior change classes because I thought that was kind of a really important part of a, a medical practice that wasn't it just what it was like the harder thing to do like in practice where we tell our patients yeah, okay, so you need to eat more fruits and vegetables and quit smoking and lay off on the wine and, mm. you know, and, and take and take a run every day or go for a walk every day. And so right. it's like the patients, we get all these, this information that's important, but then like actually implementing it in their life, like how do you do that? So I wanted to make a class to support um, clients in doing that. And it, like, 
it just turned into a self-marriage class because that's what I was, I, I, I tried to teach several things, you know, like how do you make this change in your life or how do you improve this aspect of your life? And no matter what I did, I kept, I couldn't help but teach like the way to do anything, like to make any change is by the way that you relate to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, how uh, can you, can you support yourself? Can you, um, can you forgive yourself when you make mistakes? You know, can you, um, can you express yourself? Can you protect yourself like with boundaries? You know, like all, so all these, as I was teaching these classes, I just really helped me to clarify what are the pieces of relationship with self. Mm -hmm. And so then hopping over to the other timeline, I, I got certified in that mind body practice from Dr. Block and started practicing in Portland, uh, Oregon, and treating more um, physical conditions. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I treated some like asthma and eczema. I had a small practice and uh, uh, when I was kind of starting my own business, you know, like lots of you ladies out there. And I so I had a full-time job and at the same time was building a practice. And I was having good results and Mm -hmm. feeling happy about my work. And then I moved out here to, I'm in a smaller town now outside of Portland called Hood River. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I do not want to start a practice again. It was so much work and this is such a smaller town. So then I really, this is now we're all the way up. We're in January, 2020 now. Mm-hmm. So I decided to bring my business online and uh, that really I just kind of kept, I just taught what I knew, you know, which was self-marriage or these, um, uh, the, the principles of relationship with self um, and, and then this mind-body practice, except for when you're online, you can't, I, I can't treat people, I can technically treat people in Oregon, but mm-hmm. it just didn't work for a business to be a doctor online you know, for a scalable Mm -hmm. business anyway. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I have to help people um, in a more general, non-specific, non-medical sort of way. So I just really focused on the self-healing aspect of um, self-marriage and teaching those principles. And on the side, whenever people would need more support, I would use the same mind-body technique, Mm -hmm. this holistic counseling. Because of course, it's just like, it's the way to, the, the current suffering doesn't have to be like I'm having trouble breathing or I have like an inflamed joint, it can be, um, you know, I'm, I am petrified of the judgment of others and me, I, mm-hmm. it's stopping me from moving forward in my life and my business, whatever, or, you know, I, um, uh, I'm binge eating, you know, to deal with my feelings and I, I can't stop and I don't know what it's about, you know, so, I've, so I've been, I started helping with more things like that. Mm-hmm. and found it to be just as effective and then the way I as things kind of changed for me I was like okay what do I specialize in now like what's in common between all these women and I realized it was some form of heartbreak you know mm-hmm. uh, there's a there's an acute heartbreak that happens after a loss that's like totally normal and healthy mm-hmm. but sometimes we women, we hold on to things for a long time and we may not even feel it for most of our lives, but that's how I, I kind of group that. Like, this is what I'm, this is what I'm treating, you know, mm. this is what I'm dealing with is this, this chronic prolonged 
heartbreak from, you know, six months ago or from 50 years ago sometimes. So yeah. um, that's kind of what I'm, I'm doing now. And I'm working with women, um, identifying what that heartbreak is about. And then by healing that and, and then applying the principles of self-marriage um, and really just kind of, I'm just doing my best to make a, a program and a service that helps women to heal that and just open themselves up to live, to build a life they love. Yeah. Like you said, in the, in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, my jaw kind of, you couldn't see it cause we don't have our cameras on, but when you described <laughs> this, you know, ceremony that you participated in, I've never heard anything like that. And I, I mean, maybe it's common and I live under a rock, but you know, (laughs) okay. All right. So I just, you know, literally my jaw like really hit the floor and I've got, you know, I just got my, like this really emotional response when you describe that, because it feels so huge. So talk. So if we don't, assuming that I don't, and most people don't know self-marriage describe this to us. Uh, describe that experience that you went through and then how like what is this <laughs> I'm like all in what is this yeah, yeah. Like, why why would I want it what kind of results would it give me like uh, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm anticipating there's a big connection between the heartbreak and then you know falling in love with yourself through this self-marriage I'm, I'm thinking that there's probably a connection there yeah so um, self-marriage, uh, I didn't make it up, you know, it is, it's a like fringe concept that's out okay. there. Um, mm-hmm. the, the definition from that I got from the woman who married me, um, to me, <laughs> is that self-marriage is a, uh, a ceremony, a daily practice, and a lifelong commitment to living a life of love and compassion for yourself. Mm-hmm. So um in self-marriage it's really so it's learning how to um cultivate within yourself all the things that you um expect to get from others so so one like real clarifying thing up front of course it's not it's not legally binding you can also marry somebody else i'm actually actually engaged at the moment to another person (laughs) i'm married to myself for a decade so um but it's it's not, um, it's not to say that you, a self-married woman, you know, doesn't need anybody else, but the, the work truly is about recognizing um, uh, value and worth independent of outside influencer perspective, mm-hmm. which is, that's like the, as far as I know, so many of us like working as coaches in whatever space this is what we need to do with our clients right like just Mm -hmm. to get them to realize that they are that they are um that they are valuable and worthy Mm -hmm. so um at one level it can look like it's really just getting to know yourself, right? So like a self, uh, uh, many women, like we don't even know how we feel. We don't know what we need. We don't know what we want, much less like what to do with those feelings or how to get what we need or how to pursue what we want. Mm -hmm. 
you know? And so on a basic level, a self-married woman, um, it's like comfortable experiencing her own emotions mm -hmm. and knows how to identify what she needs and how to get it, you know, and also knows how to identify a desire and is not afraid to pursue it. And yeah. really that's like the, just those concrete, like knowing of self and like having the skills to then like go up to be that in the world that's the that's the like nuts and bolts of it and then what it turns into for women is so many different things like for mm -hmm. some people it's like okay now I finally um I, I finally have the confidence to you know quit my job and like start my own business and I know that I can do this and even if it fails I know I'll be okay you know mm -hmm. and and for some women it's like okay now I finally broke this trauma pattern that's been in my family for generations and I'm not going to pass it on to my kids mm -hmm. that's the coolest I just love it when women are like when they completely change and we say what's different now and they're like okay I'm my kid is not going to have the same attachment issues that I do because now I'm breaking that like who's, wow. who's he, who is he or she going to be attached to if I don't give them if I don't perpetuate the pattern then they're free you know mm -hmm really cool. And then some people, it's like, I, I became the person that I wanted. I treat myself the way I want to be treated. So then that, then the person comes, you know, then another like individual is attracted to this woman who loves and respects herself and lets herself like be funny or silly or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it turns out for some people that marrying yourself is the way that you find a partner. So yeah. it really kind of depends on like we, the way that I've done it anyway, is really just setting individual goals mm -hmm. in the beginning for women and then using the, the practices. So I've developed six practices of self-marriage then to meet the goals. Everyone's wow. different. Wow. I mean, I would anticipate, like, I just think for myself, a lot of the, like when you're talking about like handing down things, uh, you know, how we were raised and, and sort of the, the, that generational trauma that gets passed down not maliciously, but it's what we carry with us. It becomes a part of who we are. So I would anticipate there needs to be, like a lot of that just feels unconscious, you know, like not even aware that it's happening. Uh, so becoming conscious with those patterns seems like it would have to be a big part of this in order to like do that undoing. It sounds like what you're doing, you're interrupting a lot of patterns, you know, decades yeah. and generational patterns. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely step one is just awareness of it. Women come in at like two different levels. Mm. Like first level, like they have, they just have no idea what is, yeah, it's completely subconscious. You know, that mm -hmm. what it is that's driving their behaviors, what's causing their suffering today, what's keeping them held back in their relationships or their career. And then um, some women, and so then with them, it's like, okay, first we get the awareness Okay. And then that's the next level of women that come in. They like totally know they've been in therapy for mm -hmm. 20 years mm -hmm. or whatever. And they like still have the same problem. Um, so awareness only gets you so far. And of course, those women that have like this awareness and um, of the, um, of the patterns, you know, they can like define it better than any psychotherapist, like what they have wrong mm -hmm. with them. The issue is that it's only in their They've sorted it out in their heads, but not in their yes. bodies. Mm. Yeah. So 
this is when like the, the mind body connection um, becomes important. And um, so then, yeah, really the subconscious mind is manifested in the body because it has no, I mean, there it's, there's argu arguably that the cerebellum is a place in the brain where a lot of our um, automatic like unconscious um, processes are driven from, but mm -hmm. we don't really know like where this subconscious mind is, but it's kind of like largely accepted by researchers and authors that it's expressed in the body. And mm -hmm. um, uh, many, this can be experienced, you know, if like you have a like massage or just like the way that touch, you know, gives you a, <clears throat> a release sometimes, or, you know, more directly when you're embarrassed and your face blushes, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, our, what happens in our mind inevitably shows up in our body um, in uh, apparent or subtle ways. So yeah, then like that next level is really um, uh, working through the body to mm -hmm. um, to then uh, to release the patterns, which is a real challenge in a remote and online business. But yeah, I would anticipate. I yeah. mean, I I like I oh, there's so much here that I'm so like soaking all of this up, you know and. I agree with you with women. I think that we know a lot, like we've, we've read a lot. We've listened a lot. We've absorbed a lot. Like we have a lot of knowledge and mm -hmm. yet the patterns are still there. We still find ourselves, you know, quote unquote stuck. Right. So we can like articulate it. We can describe it, but we can't seem yeah. to move past it. And, yeah. you know, I, I agree. I don't, I mean, obviously I'm not practicing that, but I'm very curious about it is, you know, I, I've learned that and really come to understand that I believe that we are emotional beings that sometimes think, but we have not, we, we have, we have deprioritized the emotional, the way of feeling our way through things. And, you know, it's not really prioritized, and especially in a corporate environment, you know, where I'm working, you know, uh, most of the time is there's a massive disconnect. Uh, just with trusting intuition and, you know, leaning into your instincts and even just being able to express emotion. So no wonder we're disconnected from it. It's just not yeah. what we've been allowed so to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a really, that's such a, um, that connection you made there is really profound because you're right. Like in our, in the day-to-day, -day, like modern environment, we're just like kind of, you know, in survival mode, putting out fires, meeting deadlines, performing, like putting on like the show. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, then we're like thinking and in like doing mode and um, not that they're like totally mutually exclusive, but I feel like mm -hmm. you have to have real mastery to be able to like do an act and like really be in touch, feel your body at the same time. So usually we just shut it down. Mm -hmm. But what you, so that's just the way that most of us go through life. That was totally my path. You know, I had to, uh, I, I had to really work through, through some, uh, what's the word? Um, I don't know, some pretty big like practices. It took me to finally feel my body, but and my emotions, mm -hmm. you know, I was just like, oh, I'm always happy. Everything's fine. You know? And then eventually mm -hmm. I was like, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> Right, 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 right. What about why am I? Why aren't I mad about all the things that ever happened to me, or like sad about 
you know, the past. And so I really, I, I had just suppressed so much of it. But anyway, what you're saying is like that, then how can we be in touch with our intuition, right? Yep. And this, that's like, that is one of, in, in um, the, the way that I uh, teach self-marriage, the final practice is self-trust. Because mm -hmm. then, like, then it, that's what it takes to be able to really trust yourself and listen to your intuition is like a willingness to allow your body to feel and yeah, to allow your body to experience and to be in tune with what is actually happening in your body. And that time that takes some skill to some time and skill to develop, but mm -hmm. you know, how many of us, if we could just like listen to if we could actually like know how to listen to our intuition and then hear it and then have the skills to act on it, then like that, most of our problems are solved then mm -hmm. at that point, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, I think we're going to have lots of conversations, you and I, after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Like we just need to hang up and like get to work right now. But, you know, so talk to me about, I, I've been, I, you know, I've, I've been seeing this um, on your website that, uh, and you say you are the medicine and I just feel that's just so beautiful. So can you explain, um, can you explain that? What does that mean? That we are the medicine? Well, So this is interesting. I'll just throw, I'll tell the actual story of how I came up with this okay. only because it seems to be like timely for everything that is happening in our world right now. Mm, and, agreed. Um, and well, maybe not what you're thinking. That's okay. <laughs> because, I'm, you know, I'm open, so that's all good. So I, um, uh, in Oregon, so at the time we're recording this, we're like three or four days after the election. And in mm -hmm. Oregon, we just passed um, the Psilocybin Services Act, which mm -hmm. is the first act in the country that will allow um, psilocybin, that's the psychoactive ingredient of psychedelic mushrooms, to be given therapeutically for mental health purposes. Mm -hmm. So over the next two years in Oregon, our Oregon Health Authority is going to be developing a program that determines how to license physicians and facilities and um, basically be able to provide, um, yeah, psilocybin or like extracts of psychedelic mushrooms for medical right. treatment, for mm -hmm. mental health treatment. Yes. Super cool, I think. It is. And yeah. so I will tell you, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that, is that yeah, I mean, before I would like really hesitate to talk about no, no medicine, no, no. Yeah, oh, I'm, we're all good here. <laughs> but um, okay, so because it, it, uh, psilocybin plays a role in how I develop this, I, this like how this idea came to me. Okay. Um, so I, um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was. Um, less than a decade ago or a long time ago, I had, I ate some magic mushrooms and I mm -hmm. had this just incredible experience. And um, what actually the whole experience itself doesn't matter. You know, it was one, like, like you can have in any, with any, in any sort of context, really of just getting to know like who you truly are. Like mm -hmm. there's this 
you know, the part of you that's beyond your thoughts and your feelings and your sensations, like this, this like essence of you, you know? So mm-hmm. I, um, I just had this incredible experience. And then I, um, at the end, when I was like kind of sobering up, mm-hmm. I said to myself, like, wow, that is really powerful medicine, you know, mm-hmm. this mushroom. <laughs> and then it just like, then it just like kind of flooded over me, like, like, no, like you are the medicine. Like mm-hmm. I did everything, like nothing, the mm-hmm. mushroom, it like, it facilitated and it like, it showed, it like opened up some veils for me to see something, but it didn't like do anything. It didn't change the nature of who I was, you know, mm-hmm. like it showed me that I was like this, like powerful, like being, uh, and that I could, that I, that I needed nothing you know and that just like my by my like being in uh in that space and occupying who I really am and yeah and just like being that that itself is healing it's like all the healing I really need you know to be with myself and to accept myself and all the healing other people need too to just be with them and accept them and um and in a couple different ways, you know, like there's, I always say like, so in, in self-marriage, you know, you are the medicine in that, like, actually more like you are the healer, you Mm -hmm. know, like you are doing, you do the work yourself. There's nothing you're taking. So, I mean, it's just like healing, you're healing yourself. And then once, like, just like we were talking about with like breaking generational trauma, like once you mm-hmm. heal yourself, then you are medicine for other people. Just oh my by goodness. Being here, so you so know? I'll say that again. Once you heal yourself, you are medicine for other people. That's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Write that down. I know. <laughs> like, don't lose that. That's beautiful. I mean, I, your website is amazing I've spent you know quite a bit of time drooling over your writing and uh you know we're definitely going to make sure that everybody can find you drerinmore.com and you definitely want to go over to your blog but you have a post about you are the medicine and I see that that's you know definitely a, a concept that's woven through a lot of um you know your thought leadership and I'm just going to read a part here because I think it just really encaptures what we're talking about here And you say, to care for yourself through your inner healer is automatic. It comes naturally, just as regulating your body temperature or repairing damaged tissue. You may hear your inner healer in words, or you might have a feeling of its presence. So for me, that's the piece, that's the missing link for a lot of us is that we're not listening to it. We don't, we have, we're not tuned into it, right? Uh, So can you recognize the inner healer in these words of desired behavior change? I know drinking is sucking the joy from my life. I want to change or my jealousy ruins all of my relationships. I'm tired of it. Or I feel great after exercise. I want to do that more. Or if I could just meditate for five minutes in the morning, I would be less frantic during the day. Can you hear it in your persistent idea to leave your abusive relationship or soul sucking job? And that you say like every person possesses an inner healer that wants to be heard. I mean, that's, oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so you for then, reading that. I haven't heard that in a while, but man, I was right. Yeah. Like, you guys, <laughs> like, you know, there's uh, like, I feel 
like I'm getting closer to healing myself simply by listening to your words, right? So like really, really, really amazing. And so, so practical, so important. I mean, I, I know yeah. I, when I read those, those, those words, like I know all of those people, I know all of those women, I know that those thoughts coexist with inside me on a daily basis. And so how do we prioritize our own healing? Because I think one of the issues that a lot of women encounter is just feeling like they don't have time for themselves. So they can't make this healing a priority because they're too busy giving to other people. So how do we do this? How do we make time for this? How do we prioritize this? What does that look like? Okay. So, um, first of all, it's like this, there comes a point in a woman's life where this is just my experience and maybe my Mm -hmm. opinion on this will change, but it just Mm -hmm. seems like everyone that I work with they're right before we work together, they're like, I've just had enough, Mm -hmm. you know, they, it's just like, you will, there is no other option but to prioritize it, you know, like, or it mm-hmm. just, it doesn't necessarily even have to take a lot of time. It just had, you have to make the connection that it is, that it's important to you. Like these women that they don't have enough time for themselves because they're so busy giving to other people like mm-hmm. that. It's like, because that's part of the, um, like pathology in a way, for lack of a better word, is the like perpetual giving to other people and, mm-hmm. um, and like always like never making time for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's like, yeah, I don't know. You're in it when you're in it, it's hard to see. So, but there's no, mm-hmm. like, there's no wrong time. If a woman is listening to this and she's like, yeah, that's where I'm at. But yeah, I, I can't get out right now. I have to pay the bills. I have to raise my family. You know, mm-hmm. everything, everything in its own time, like even just hearing this conversation, seed mm-hmm. planted, you know, you're doing, I always, one of my favorite sayings is um, when you're uh, doing the work, you're doing the work. And when you're not mm-hmm. doing the work, you're doing the work. Because in the end, this is all the healing path. And like, will, whenever you come to it, whatever time, it will be the perfect time for you. And you'll look back and you say, oh, I needed all of that mm. to get me where I am now. Mm. I love that. So, yeah. So like, it's just okay, wherever you are, you know, and when it's time for you to prioritize it, then you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 That. That said, it's like, there's nothing more important, right? But it like takes some time for all of us to like really get to the, a place where we can um, absorb that. And also mm-hmm. like, you know, to find the right practitioner who fits into our lives. Cause that's, mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes or the, or the right, maybe it's not necessarily a practitioner or, you know, a, a podcast, a conversation or a song mm-hmm. or a piece of art or something that moves you in just the right way. You might need something from the outside that's not dependent on you. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I did want to, uh, I do have one exercise. Okay. That is um, that I, it's been the most impactful game changer for me and I share it with all my clients so Mm -hmm. the way I I teach um self 
marriage that is like through these six practices and the first practice is self-kindness mm-hmm. um so just like when you were reading um that that piece of my blog there like mm-hmm. in our it can yeah there's kindness self-kindness is inherent and once that might actually be like the first step is really just recognizing that like we our impulse uh our instinctual impulse is to take care of us you know is mm-hmm. to care for us and and make us better make our lives better you know that's what mm-hmm. we want for ourselves and sometimes it doesn't show up in very skillful ways but just to recognize that that's what we're trying to do and like ah an honor that self-healing that self-kind mm-hmm. instinct in us is a is a great place to start just when, instead of thinking you're like just a piece of garbage or yeah. you know only a workhorse like, oh, I actually, I really do care about myself. That's why I'm doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, okay, so the exercise. First, I'll just, it's called undercover kindness. So this is one that you can do when you're driving, when you're cooking. There's no excuses for like not having time to do this. Okay. Um, and it is, I'll tell you the story of how I came up with it, but um it is the practice that really made made my default mode one of kindness instead of um, criticism or like mm. melancholy or whatever. Um, but so I, you know, when I was, I told you in the story before I, I when I was building my practice in Portland, I had a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hated that full-time job. <laughs> I was a phlebotomist at a plasma donation center. I mean, I was a doctor there, but I did did, um, did also like phlebotomy. It was part of why I didn't like the job because, uh, I don't know, it was like uh, poorly managed and I hope I'm not like calling out. They'll probably never listen to this podcast, those people, (laughs) but but I really, it was like, I, I dreaded going there and I had really long days there and yeah. Um, and I didn't like the work and so many, you know, I'm sure people can relate out there to like having a job that they really don't like. Yeah. So I was like, how am I going to survive this? Because mm-hmm. then I'm like going, I'm also doing this really deep work with patients on the side and teaching this like self-healing stuff. So, um, and self-marriage. So I was like, I like, I, I can't, like, I have to do something with this. I can't be here stewing all day and like yelling profanities at everybody in my head. (laughs) (laughs) So something other than this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's, um, so uh, I had also taken a class from another naturopathic doctor who he really teaches um, uh, really um, self-kindness as a healing tool as well. So I really, I, I kind of got that like in inspiration from him and he taught like breathing kindness, breathing self-kindness. And uh, he would say, imagine that your breath is imbued with kindness. And then, so I was like, I started doing that. So my job was very repetitive. Even though I was sticking a needle in somebody's arm, most of the time it's like setting up a machine and breaking down a machine. And I was like machine-like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so a repetitive task. And, I, and I, I did these three things, which are the three components of undercover kindness. Okay. So the first is, like I said, with breath. So just mm-hmm. breathing, everyone can do it now. Deep inhale. 
And then exhale, imagining that your breath can reach everywhere and that it is saturated in kindness. This is like an imaginative exercise. Mm -hmm. So it works best with deep breaths in the beginning, you know, and imagining that kindness can go down to like your knee that hurts or like to your stomach that you are yelling at for being too fat or whatever, like breathing kindness there, using this as an imaginative exercise. And then the second part is with your body or your gesture. So um, a few different ways to do this. Like if you're just sitting, then I really like just a hand on heart, you know, and imagining, imagining like kindness coming through your hands. Like if you actually just put your hand out in front of you, there's and wait and pause, like you'll feel a little tingle. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's always sensation everywhere. We this is like kind of like what we were saying earlier. We just are so go, 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 we don't feel it. Mm-hmm. But I like to like feel that and then imagine like that is like that is like energetic kindness. And then I mm-hmm. give it to myself right on my heart and I'm breathing. Or like in some situations, if you're like in conversation with somebody, like you can just like pet your leg or put your hand on your thigh, you know, and just, and uh, other ways like that I think about a lot when I'm, when I'm driving, when I'll catch my, like just soften your grip and relax your shoulders and like hold your body in a way that is loving. And that's basically the general thing, like hold your body in a way that is loving and kind. Mm -hmm. So when I was in that job, I would just, instead of so many people there had like back problems because, you know, we do the same thing every time they're tense. So I just like was breathing and like, uh, you know, keeping my shoulders relaxed and my chest open and, um, and just holding my body in a way that was loving and kind. Same thing, chopping vegetables, check in with yourself. Are you, do you have a death grip on that knife? You know, are your like shoulders crunched up, you know, like just soften up. And so like intentionally doing that with your body is the second piece. And then the third piece is with, uh, uh, with your words, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, so my default then was just, I love you. And so in that job, I said, I love you to myself, just like all day. I was breathing and like holding my body in a way that is loving and saying, I love you. You're doing a great job. Like this is kind of just like cheerleading myself, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. you're, you're doing a great job. I'm so proud of you for like doing this, for showing up today, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and for not quitting or whatever it was. And (laughs) it was like, you can, as, as you go, you can like get, you get more comfortable with more specific words, but a great default just way to start is I love you, you know? Mm. So that's, and that's really it. And like, so I, I really recommend to do this when, so undercover kindness, intentional kindness in your breath, in your body and in your like inner dialogue. Mm. So you do these three things at the same time, you can do it in a meditative way or what I, the best way I recommend is to find something that you do every day. Like do it while you're brushing your teeth, mm-hmm. like undercover kindness while you're brushing your teeth. Okay. Relax your shoulders, you know, maybe like look in the mirror and like love, t- tell yourself loving things about you mm-hmm. and breathe kindness. I, I don't know. You might spit toothpaste everywhere, but, <laughs> but yeah, or walking the dog, but the, my favorite ones, what I do, I do it whenever I fold laundry. I do it when I do dishes. I do it when mm-hmm. I chop vegetables and then it just like, I don't know. And I just do it most of the time. 
you know? Mm -hmm. And it really did. Like by the end, when I quit, my boss was like yelling at me and I realized I was like breathing kindness and petting my leg and like, okay. I was like, holy Mm -hmm. crap. Like that really did something, you know? Yeah. And I was okay. Yeah. I love the idea of doing it, especially during times when you're like, like, as I know that my like stress levels and the tasks that I hate doing that put me in a bad mood and then like cascade over into like how I show up in other places, like unloading the dishwasher, folding the laundry. Like I am not practicing any (laughs) undercover kindness at all there. I am practicing like loads and resentment, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you know, road raging in traffic, like all of these things. And this is just such an effective strategy, you know? And I can, oh oh, man, it's so wonderful. Like, so Mm -hmm. you're such a gift. You really are. I'm so happy that our paths cross. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, you know, I just think when you talk about breath and you talk about breathing kindness, I've been spending some time just processing and trying to understand at a deeper level, like what I, my take on 2020, and I know we all have our own view, Mm -hmm. but the symbolism for me has been around breath and how we are being asked to breathe differently. And I think that that's showing up environmentally on the planet there is so many examples of how we are not breathing because you know the planet's on fire uh we have a respiratory illness that is you know going across the entire planet which is preventing people from being able to breathe in fact like ending their breath and you know when I look at what's happening with you know, just social activism and what happened with like George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement and just, you know, collective, um, you know, we can't breathe. The messaging that was coming from that movement, you know, for us to learn how to breathe more kindness into ourselves. And as you said earlier, when we heal ourselves, we heal other people. So this feels more important. This conversation feels more important to me today than it ever did before. So I am just really grateful for you and for the work that you do and, you know, how you're trying to help all of us to heal ourselves so that we can, you know, move this future forward in a more positive direction. It's very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for that kindness. You know, you are here healing ladies in your own way too. You know, you... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you're medicine also for these, for the ladies that you serve. Mm-hmm. I know you are. I think we all are. And that's just, uh, that's, yeah, that's a message I'm going to carry forward. And I think it's really important for everybody who is listening to this is to recognize and really know that we are the medicine. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that we all have symptoms in our lives that uh, tell us that something isn't quite right. I love what you you had called out earlier, you said, you asked a question, which is, you know, what's causing you suffering today? I think I'm going to be more conscious of that and spend some time getting clear on that. And I love just the, the kindness in terms of how you show up, just really recognizing that the simple, the simple, the simplest part of it is if you are asking yourself that question, you are already practicing kindness. You're already healing yourself because the alternative is to never even think about that. Right. Like not even question it, just to continue to keep moving on. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Big one. So how do, how does everyone find you? Give us a, a, 
a way of being able to connect with you talk about uh, that part so we can stay connected. Okay, so really the best place, my favorite place is my mm -hmm. Facebook group. I have a Facebook group, it's called the Heart Healing Sisterhood. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I'm Dr. Erin Moore on Facebook and I'm sure you'll have me tagged and stuff in this video. Yep. But my mm -hmm. Facebook group is really like my little happy place on the internet, um, a really like kind and supportive group of women kind of all going down the same path and I'm in there live every week at least once or twice so it's a good mm -hmm. way to get to know me some more and um, get to know other women that are in a similar position so come hang out with me there yeah Facebook is the best yeah we're definitely we're all about your group you'll make sure that that is um, listed so that everybody can find you and uh, very interested in uh, pursuing more conversations around this concept of self-marriage. I think that that is yeah. huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, imagine so how different our relationships would be if we did that first before we entered into other relationships yeah. with other people. <laughs> oh my gosh. Instead wow. of thinking that the other person is going to be the thing that's going to heal us if we healed yeah. ourselves first. I mean, wow, yeah. very profound. Totally. Yeah. Or that totally. we have to give the everything that we need and you know fit every nook and cranny that we're missing you know yeah it's, yeah, our, yeah. it's our work you know and then yeah and then and then all other relationships are icing on the cake and, and a bonus and a bonus a bonus yeah so good thanks so much for being here it's been a pleasure hosting you it's just been lovely to sit back and listen to you so thank you for gifting us with your time and your energy today my absolute pleasure. It was a joy to be here. Okay, thank you. Take care and my hopes for a um, great outcome with the election. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Take care. Me too. Bye. All right. Bye. Hello again, this is Harriet Schumacher and thank you for listening and tuning into The Leadership Show. I really hope that you enjoyed what we were discussing today and if you did, if you liked what you heard and you want to continue to be a part of our community, here's a couple of ways that you can do that. First, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you want to make sure that you get our releases coming to you each week. And uh, if you would love to give us a rating uh, and give us some feedback about the show, of course, we would love to hear your thoughts. And on another note, we uh, if you want to be a part of our community, we have a private Facebook group for uh, women in leadership. It is actually called the Women in Leadership Group. You can find us on Facebook. We have over 1,300 professional women who are inside that community who are having amazing conversations right now about what they care the most about. I go live inside that group every Tuesday to give you free training and free coaching. So we hope that you uh, we hope that you join. We'd love to see you over there. So thanks so much, everyone. Enjoy your day, and uh, we look forward to hearing you and being with you again next week. Take care.